And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. I just wanted to know how much crunch sound these would make. And how much crunch sound are they making, DC Matthews at the DC Matthews? A decent amount with that first crunch. All the other crunches are always subpar. They're Doc Manson at Doc Manson. And what what precisely are we investigating the crunchiness of? These are the uh, fried wonton skins that come with your Chinese food order. Fried wonton skins? What makes them a skin? Fried wonton noodles, I suppose. Call it whatever you will. All right. I mean, I'm going to call it a noodle because I think that's what it is. Can I tell you, though? It's a pork rind. Can I tell you, though? You may. That wonton pales in comparison to the one I'm about to eat. Okay. Is this one significantly less crunchy? This is this is from the soup. Mm. AKA the most delicious soup in all the land. Did you go to the Chinese place? Uh by 5:30, Mrs. Matthews and I were both home and she said, "I kind of feel like soup." And I said, okay, I can make a quick soup. And she's like, no, I kind of feel like wonton soup. And I cheered and danced in the living room. This is probably the only time in the history of your marriage that Mrs. Matthews has requested willingly for you to bring Chinese food into that apartment. Is that true? It doesn't happen often. It does happen every now and then. Embellish for the podcast would you please talk about how this has never happened ever in life give me some Um, hyperbole she she said chinese food i wanted to make sure she was not a clone uh but once the dna testing came back although i suppose dna testing would also be the same even if she was a clone right you you are something brilliant <laughs> i'm a scientist uh, so yes yeah, so, so uh, i i am so, i am legitimately jealous uh wonton soup is one of the great pleasures in life it looks delicious my mouth is salivating wonton soup and an alcoholic beverage this is what ddt podcast is going to be no longer ddt wrestling on ddt podcast i'm the one who eats and drinks on the air okay well um if uh folks if you've got comments about that you can still send those to podcast at ddt wrestling.com i thought it was podcast at ddt podcast.com no no i don't even own that domain name so oh i suppose that makes sense uh how's life doc um, you know, life is good. It is November 1st as we sit here. So although life is relatively good, it is no longer Shocktober. And I've got a little bit of that Halloween hangover, DC. I got to tell you, I'm feeling a little sad. Uh, my month is over. And from this, I mean, this moment, really, I mean, maybe we're a few 
few hours beyond it now, but this moment, it's, it's the longest until the next Halloween as it's going to be all year. So that's true. It's kind of a dark that's day. True. Um, let's let's start there. Let's review. Let's start with the, the day itself and then let's do a Shocktober review kind of in general. Oh, boy, uh, that's going to be difficult. Avid- Avid listeners of the podcast know the Manson family tradition for Halloween or Samhain or whatever you want to call it. Uh, You go outside and you spend some time outside so young Oscar does not lose his doggy mind barking at the door every five seconds. How was the trick-or-treaters this year? Uh, They were good. They were good. We did sit outside with Oscar as usual. We tried inside for a little bit, and yeah, he lost his little doggy mind, so we quickly went out. Uh, the missus sat on the steps most of the night, and I alternated between sitting on the steps and walking Oscar up and down the block. Uh, the one nice thing about Oscar is he's a little dog. He is a cute little dog, and all children want to love him, so uh, he's fairly popular, and having him, you know, in a in a dinosaur or dragon or lizard costume or alligator costume, whatever you however you want to interpret it, uh, is you know. I'm assuming. I'm assuming that I will be getting pictures of him out last night in the Superman costume that I got him. No, you will not be getting those because you didn't wear it. Uh, now, here's the thing. We did we did put him in the Superman costume when we first received it from you. And there uh-huh. may be some pictures from that. Uh-huh. However, we did discover that it's a little large uh, for him to actually wear around. <laughs> it's too big. Yeah. <laughs> He's small. Okay. I'm just going to get you an index card later and you can just drape that over his shoulders. My goodness. Practically. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. If he, if it is too big, I don't want him tripping and traipsing about in a, in an outfit that is too big. Yeah. But we Did had, you, you count? Know, uh, well, I didn't really count per se, but we had about, we had, we had 60 uh, large candy bars. Uh, those were gone. Uh, before 8 p.m. So we quickly went through that number. Uh, and then we had backup candy, which was this giant bag of uh, uh, of stuff from, from Costco. And so it's got like gummy lifesavers, chewy sweet tarts, Swedish fish, Starburst Skittles, uh, you know, all that kind of fruity stuff. And so we started handing out small handfuls of that to everybody who sort of came afterwards. And I, I will tell you that bag is ginormous. That's an official measurement uh, here in the United States. And that is the size of that candy bag. We only got maybe halfway through that bag of candy, but I would say we probably in total had somewhere between 80 and 90 kids. So a pretty impressive turnout. If I do say so myself, how decorated was Manson Manor? Oh, Manson Manor was quite decorated. And DC, let me tell you, if you had chosen to continue finding your happy, you would already know how Manson Manor looked because I posted photos of that in the DDT fan chat. But you unceremoniously left. I did. I did. I, I, I might start my own chat. I like I like 
creating the thing that we're going to. Well, I mean, in fairness, I suppose. Actually, I don't know. How do those DM rooms on Twitter work? Do you get any sort of admin rights or privileges by creating the room? No, it's just the it's just the principle of the thing. The principle of the thing. Okay, I'm just curious. I don't really know how it all works, but you know, I mean, in theory, we we could do that with our Patreon, couldn't we? I have um, considered that. They have, you know, the New Age Insiders have a, a patrons-only chat. They might even list just a link to it on the Patreon page. I don't know exactly how they do that, but I, I have pondered whether or not we should do that. Because, again, if you're going to be is, posting more, like, people should, people should be shekeling it up for that. There is a thing called Discord, I don't know if you're familiar with it. it it's like a, I have heard of it, but I don't know what it is, and it scares me. Uh, it's an all-in-one voice and text chat that was originally designed for gamers. It's free, secure, and works on both your desktop and phone. You should stop paying for TeamSpeak servers and hassling with Skype. Simplify your life with Discord. Um, so it's basically just a... Uh, it's the newest way to do online chat rooms in like a sort of a forum setting. You can okay. chat, you can upload videos and pictures, you can have voice chat, you can have text chat, etc. It's pretty common uh, as a perk on a lot of Patreons. It's a little more, you know, personal interaction. I have no idea uh, what it takes to start a Discord server. I don't know if I'm it costs it something. And, and, and again, because I did uh, unceremoniously leave that chat i am going to look into discord because i would like us to have a place where besties can chat and maybe we're a little more open and forthright than we would be maybe we're a little more present than we yeah. would be uh in uh in a regular twitter setting so i will look into that for i us. will say we were going back and forth last night in that twitter chat uh, quite a few people sort of chiming in here and there uh, about our Halloween plans and things that we've done Halloweeny the last few nights. Uh, you know, Pav was certainly there, as was Glenn. Um, Pav has a friend. I, I forget what his name is, and I'm not sure whether or not he listens to the show. Um, D'Angelo? <laughs> no, this one's a real friend. <laughs> an actual person. Uh, starts with an S, I think. I'm sorry, I don't know it. But uh, yeah, so, you know, I think maybe Brandon... Was was chiming in here and there as well, so you know some love was had. It was nice, <laughs> and, and 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 maybe that is it. Maybe I do want some sort of administrative control over. You know, not you just necess- want to ban people. I want the ability to do that. I don't want somebody to to join up like we invite somebody and then, you know, they just hijack it for their own end. I want to be able to actually, you know, have a conversation that's based around if we're going to have a DDT podcast chat, I'd like it to be primarily DDT based. I don't mean we just have to toot our own horn all the time, though. I always enjoy a little self tooting when I get the chance. Oh, bye. But I, I, you know, I just, I don't know. I would just like to have a friendly place for people to talk. Someplace a little more private than, you know, general Twitter. And uh, I don't know. I think Discord could could do that. Uh, so I don't know. I'll, something to look into anyways. All right. But yeah, so it was decorated. You had your cardboard cutouts and your spooky lights and all oh, the yeah. usual trappings. Yeah, it was it was nice, you know. Um Let's see here. I don't know if you can see that, but 
I can. Oh, decked out to the nines. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'd like to point out, like, you're going to put, you, did you put, you didn't post that publicly? Oh, I did. That's on my Instagram. Okay. I'm going to say it just like people are going to be like, oh man, he, he is really, he really does have two PhDs. Look at that house. <laughs> I, I just want to say Manson Manor, I, I, I think, I think gives a, a, um, I, I, I want to say awe inspiring first reaction. That's not the right term exactly, but it seems grander than it is. When you first you show, pull up to it. Did you show it, a picture of the decorated pool house in the back? No, no, I, I, I did not. I didn't want to impede upon the, uh, the privacy of our staff, to be honest. I thought it might be, uh, inconsiderate. No, no. As I was saying, Mansion Manor, it, it's very imposing. I think from the street, you come up to it. It looks like this big, tall house, which is why I think you think it looks like a mansion. But it, while it is rather tall, look at that picture again. Yeah. And tell me that's not a mansion. It's not. It's it's very tall from the front. But the thing is, it's a relatively uh, narrow house. It's not very deep. Uh, I mean, we only have like 1,800 square feet of living space. It's not huge. You know what I mean? Like a mansion is much larger than that. There's no more room well, no, in this house. Well, no, because you're not factoring in the butler's quarters and, like, all those little hallways because you don't want the staff to be seen. Mrs. Manson that, makes right. all of these rules that, like, the help has to hide that she doesn't oh, want to make eye contact with I thought with you were going to say Mrs. Manson was the help, and I didn't want to see her. She was just sort of scurrying around the back corridors. Uh, and I was going to have to yell at you for that, so... Uh, no. Yeah, but um, but no, I, it's really I don't know. It, it looked grander, I think, from the street than it really is. Uh, but I, whatever, that's just me being defensive, I guess. Uh, I pulled up to that house the first time and I looked at it and I said, all right, I guess we can't be friends anymore. What? Why not? <laughs> because it's just it's it's you know, and then you walk in, and just the way it is set up, you have that kind of walkway at the top, so you can be standing and literally looking <laughs> down at everyone in the atrium, and you can be like, "Greetings, I bid thee welcome to my humble abode." I need to have a, a smoking jacket and then the nice oh, so uh, do. tumbler of whiskey, right? You need yeah. to turn one of the part of the basement into a uh, what is a humidor? Humidor? Oh, absolutely! That sounds like a great idea. Um, but yeah, no. I, I don't know. Once you, I will, I will admit, I will, I will put jest aside. I was embellishing for the sake of the show, uh, but I will say, once you go into the house, you realize, okay, I, I won't say it is a modest house, but it is. It feels smaller than it presents on the outside. Yeah, it definitely is. Like I said, it's only like 1800 square feet of living space. It's it's no more. It's no larger than most like um, well, raised it also ranches. Helps, it also helps that there are the front two rooms are practically unused, at least when I'm there. Yeah, we use the kitchen. We use your little dining area. We sit on the couch and watch wrestling. Occasionally, we go upstairs to the podcast studio and that's about it. Yeah. I mean, the other front room is really just Oscar's bedroom. He sleeps in there. We have some plants. Not much happens in that room. And the other front room, there is a fireplace there, which would be nice to make like a sitting room out of. But of course, the fireplace doesn't work. Um, So sooner or later, we will get around to fixing that. Uh, but I mean, I would say that Mrs. Manson uses that room uh, for reading. You know, when I'm watching television, she'll 
retreat to that front room to uh, do some mm-hmm. quiet reading. So at that room gets some use. And upstairs, I mean, this one, this front room is my office. And admittedly, I don't use it as much as I might have in the past. And the other room is just a guest room. So, yeah, pretty much unoccupied. No, you're only using, like, we have a smaller apartment, but we use every bit of space. Yeah, that's fair. There's there's the living room, uh, the jewelry room where Mrs. Matthews makes makes her jewelry. It used to be a dining room. It's now been fully converted into a jewelry room. The kitchen, the two bedrooms, one that is my office, and that's it. So, yeah. The screened-in porch also, I guess, makes it seem a bit larger because that screened-in has got a roof. The fact that you went out and bought like full furniture for the screened-in porch. It's it is patio furniture. Is it wicker? Partially, yes. Okay, I haven't actually gone out to look at. Oh, it. yes, but it is wicker. <laughs> it's like a you know, I don't think it's. I think it's like synthetic wicker, vinyl wicker. Eventually, or something, we should but. bring the podcast out there and do some alfresco. Yeah, I don't know how good that would sound, but yeah, you know, whatever. All right. So Halloween was good. We had a a poor turnout here. You'd had a good turnout? No, about 15. Oh, that's not bad. I mean, usually we get between 50 and 60. Uh, This year it was only 15. I think there was a large group of families that moved into one of the upper areas. And I think it all kind of congregated there. Though I did have a young man probably about 11 or 12 who told a joke as he asked for candy and i believe this now needs to be a halloween tradition why was the broom late for school i don't know why was the broom late for school because he swept in ha! i'm i'm just like you know what every child who trick or treats needs to present a joke because I would love to see the six-year-old in the Transformer costume come up with a joke. <laughs> I gotta say, I, I'm impressed with uh, Mrs. Manson's child behavior because, like, we're sitting there on the steps and, like, this group of, of six-year-olds, eight-year-olds, whatever, come up. And I don't know if you've noticed this. Maybe not because you only had 15 kids. But it does seem like kids, especially the young ones, are very hesitant uh, to speak to you in any way like they'll just come up i'm i'm a male in an elementary school i experience this all the time i am the most terrifying person <laughs> in the lives of many young children i believe it i mean they just come up and they just kind of mouth agape stare at you Admit, admittedly the, the the pillow sack is open as though they are exp- and she just she just looks at them and she gets this look on her face, just this little scrunched up little look and like wide eyes, just kind of looking at them. And she's just, you know, looking back at them. And then finally, of course, one of them will go, oh, trick or treat or whatever. Like, you know, that breaks it. And it, it's 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 very cute to watch. Um, now, she has a way your, with those little. What is your core belief? on what should parents do on trick-or-treating? Should they stand at the end of the driveway and let the kids do it themselves? Should they come all the way up to the door with you? I think they should wait at the end of the driveway. Um, I agree for the most part, depending on the house. If a house looks warm and welcoming, I agree. Yes, right. Like, yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, obviously, you don't want to go out of your way putting your child into a harmful situation. But <laughs> if I do an think, old man sitting on the porch in an open bathrobe. I, I might yeah, accompany. Him. I mean, my pa- but I will say, if you are the type of person who is either uh, a carrying 
your one or two year old child I was gonna ask to that. the door. Or even if this is because again, how I, I I know nothing about children. How old are children when they first start to walk? Like barely able to walk, like one, two, somewhere in there. I have a nephew who just turned one less than a week ago, and he can walk when he's attached to something to hold him up. This was a father holding both hands of the child who was clearly tottering, barely able to get make it down the sidewalk. Like, yeah. this child, first of all, in my opinion, probably <laughs> shouldn't be trick-or-treating in the first place. I can't imagine this child without any teeth is actually going to eat any of this candy that you're no. having it collect. Um, but uh, I'm just saying, if the kid is unable to get to the door on their own accord, that they probably shouldn't be trick-or-treating. No, you put the kid in a costume, you take a picture, maybe you go stand on a street and take a picture, and you go to, like, the grandparents' house to trick or treat. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I think the ones we saw were probably families where there was an older child also. Well, that's that's different. I don't know if it really is, though, because honestly, the older child can come and get his candy, and then the little one, you can dress him up and bring him with you, but why is there this expectation that I'm going to give candy to this baby when, again, the baby is not going to eat it? You are, stupid father. Ugh. But now this is different for you now because of your dietary restrictions. But think back. If you could have come up with some sort of ploy to, as a 26-year-old man get free candy, you might explore that. <laughs> I, I mean, even at my current age, if the opportunity presented itself, I might what, explore What would it. have happened? What would have happened if you, on your walk, took Oscar in his dragon costume and went door to door and said, come on, Oscar, say trick or treat. And Oscar just sits there. I, uh, I wouldn't want to try that in my own neighborhood. But <laughs> I think there's somewhere. some promise here. <laughs> I think there is some promise. And you just reach in, you grab a handful out of the bag, go, thanks, happy Halloween. And I mean, I dog. might have to ask them, like, do you have anything that's not chocolate? He's a dog, you know, like just to really try to get appearances up. But yeah. And if they say no, I'll say, well, I'll take the chocolate. I'll just have to trade it. Yeah. Oh, man, I was reminiscing. Uh Teaching writing, teaching narrative writing and finding experiences from your own life. So what, is this I, before you were teaching graphic novels instead? No, I'm still doing that. But narrative writing and graphic novels are kind of one in the same. But um, I, I was reminiscing about how my cousins and I would would go trick-or-treating. And then the best part was coming home with your big pile and bartering with your <laughs> with your cousins and trading candy. Yeah, I mean, I can't say I had cousins to barter with, but I did have a sibling, and that's basically the same thing. It was, it was essentially, these two cousins were essentially my brothers. I mean, let me tell you, put it this way. Uh, I was not going to eat those Whoppers come hell or high water, so uh, I need to give them to someone. I love, like, the people give out, like, Smarties. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I will eat a Smarties. I will eat a package of Smarties. I am not above... Smarties, let me tell you, sir. 
Especially the white ones. You could tell me that they all have the same flavor, and I'd be like, okay. They do not. (laughs) Well, see, because here's how I eat Smarties. Unwrap. (laughs) Chew the 10 or 11 I just shoved in my mouth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's fair. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What's your favorite Halloween candy? Like from a kid, as a kid, when you were when you were bartering with your cousins, what were you getting rid of and what were you trying to get? Uh, Any of the Milky Way Three Musketeers Twix bars I was after. Oh, really? Um, Yeah. And I learned at a very early age that because I don't love peanut butter cups, those were my trade ship. Because if I had peanut butter cups, there are people who will trade everything they have for your peanut butter cups. Peanut butter cups were definitely ones that I was trying to get. We would have made good trade partners. And being, and being, as Mama Matthews called it, a bruiser, I was also into the, I will trade you, I will take your lesser candy in a greater quantity. Like, I will uh-huh. give you this candy that you want, and I will just, I'll trade you for the three things you don't want, because three is more than two and one. Wait. Three is not more than two plus one. <laughs> no, two and, or one, I should say, oh, not and gotcha. one, two okay. and one. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, I was going for quantity over quality, which is sadly the, sto- the story <laughs> of my food life. I was definitely trying to get rid of my three musketeers. So Ugh. I think, again, we would have gotten along just fine. Well, next year, you and I will take Oscar <laughs> <laughs> and hit a bunch of neighborhoods and then we will podcast our trades. All right. That sounds like a plan to me. Truthfully, that would. Oh, man. I might come over this weekend with like a whole bunch of the 50% off candy and we'll just split it into two groups. Just <laughs> It's way better if we actually go trick-or-treating first. That's all I'm going to say. Coconut or no coconut? Oh, I'm all about the coconut. See, we would make great trade partners. I was getting rid of my mounds and almond joys like they were going out of style. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I was not partial to the almond joy, but I will take mounds all day long. I love mounds. Mounds of dark nope. chocolate. So good. Almond joy. I like the almonds. I would take a mounds with an almond in it, but that's not what an almond joy is. An almond joy has milk chocolate, making yeah. the entire thing far too sweet. Don't like it. That is not a sentence I have ever said. What? That anything was too well. No, not bullet cub too sweet. That a food was too sweet. Okay, that's fair. Nothing can be too sweet. You drop off a chocolate cake slab the size of my hand, and I'm a happy guy. I've definitely, as I've gotten a bit older, because I mean, obviously, when we were in college, I could have put away, I don't know, six, six cheesecakes of any variety and flavor inside of thirty minutes. Um, but yeah, like I've gone like the, the cheesecake factory and gotten like, you know, a slice of chocolate mousse cheesecake and even splitting that single piece between myself and the missus, like you get to about three quarters of the way through that piece. And it's just like, I don't, I don't think I can have any more of this. I will occasionally get that now. And I wish it happened more. Because, yeah, because I'll eat, you know, there, there's a candy bowl 
in the main office of my school and I will go grab, you know, a pair of little Twix fun size things, eat them before I get to my classroom and then wonder if I double back and go get more. Like, how many times can I go to the candy bowl before I'm I'm talked about as soon as I leave? Uh, Butterfingers, yes or no? Yes. Yes. Nestle Crunch. Um, not my favorite, but I believe we did. We do a candy on, a, on an episode of DC and Doc Talk. I believe we did, we did but that show is lost. Tournament. That show is lost to time. I don't That's think the network true. feed even exists that it was on. You were. I seem to recall you were. You were hard on the case of fireballs, and I, I was love just fireballs. However, that would have been a first round exit for me. I'm not sure fireballs are the sort of thing I'd be trading on Halloween, though. Um, while I love them and I do love them, they're not like high desire. Like I need to hoard the fireballs. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to be mm-hmm. trading for those Reese's peanut butter cups first. Yeah. What do you feel about the people who give out like popcorn balls? Or uh, little bags they can of pretzels? go right to hell. <laughs> Because popcorn balls are the fucking worst. There's our explicit tag for this week. I apologize. Nah, I don't care. Um, I have a coworker who brags that she gives out um, apples what? and boxes brags? of raisins. What? I'm bragging that I'm a horrible person. I am subverting the expectations of children everywhere to she further trying- my own personal agenda. I am. Hate I am proud. I am proud that I am promoting a healthy lifestyle. I am. Oh, I'm so angry with you. This holiday is not about you. It is not about you and your lifestyle choices. It's about candy and lots of it. Let's rot some teeth. Gosh darn it. Nah, I mean, you know, I don't know. You know, I was worried at one point today. I was like, I don't know with this DDT podcast. I don't know if we're going to have enough to talk about. Have we ever had a problem just talking? No, but well, yes. When we tried to record three or four shows no, at a time, we would be fine for three episodes <laughs> and then we would fall off in the fourth. Yes. Let me the take first three hours tend to, to go see, fine. To see if you're Wonder Woman or not. Yeah. Um, but yes. Uh, yeah. So Halloween, uh, we do a field trip where we, we go to a local community center and, and do a little parade sort of thing. So that that's usually where I get my Halloween. I was – I bought a uh, – I had a dolphin hat. Uh, okay. Which I had to – which I had to, of course, slice open with scissors because it would not fit on my head. <laughs> Which part of the dolphin? Like, was it a dolphin head coming out of your head? Um, was it the tail? Or was it like the whole dolphin and you're like sort of whole dolphin. cramming your noggin into its stomach it whole, region? It, it was a whole dolphin that I had to give a cesarean section to to be able to fit it on my head. Mm. That poor uh, mammal. But then, I, but then I wore blue and a coworker drew some sea life and we book taped it to my body so i was the entire ocean how does that make you feel um i understand that i should feel bad <laughs> but a group of seven year <laughs> okay continue but a, but a group of seven-year-olds thought it was awesome that so is awesome I, actually i think that's actually kind of creative i had a whole thing of seaweed with like fish in it taped around one of my legs real and... seaweed because that could smell no fake 
seaweed. I only ask because, you know, one of the labs we do is on uh, cyanobacteria and algae. So, of course, we have all sorts of field collected uh, algae that we, we get uh, every uh, every it fall semester. And it reeks, especially once we, it starts to go. Oh, it's it's not we good. Used to go, we used to go to a family reunion uh, that was a, a big clam bake and they would like wrap the food in seaweed. And even just by the end of the day, it stank the whole. You would go home and you just reek. Do you go to a lot of family reunions? <sighs> no. Okay. No, I don't know. There was that. There was that one we went to. Whose family? Uh, for, Yours or the missus? Not mine. Not mine. Okay. So when you go to these things, do you always find like? I'm just wondering if your experience mirrors my own because yeah, I don't go to any fa- of my family functions, and these are like people that you know, Mrs. Manson. They're family, but she probably hasn't really seen them much since you know she was young growing up. Um. And I get, I don't know how to say this tactfully, so I'll just, do you find that there's always people there trying to sneak off to go smoke pot? Cause no, my God, her whole family. No. So on my side of the family, there's my mom's side that I do see regularly, but it's like one other family. So that's not a family reunion. Um, my dad's side used to do it before, and this is not tactful either, um, but before a good portion of them died in the last like three to five years. That'll happen. But not they're not old. No. They, they were like they were like well, one of them was. But your father, of them were like, if I recall, is a little older. Yeah, the champ is seventy. Yeah. Okay. So well, like one of his sis- one of his sisters passed away and she was older, so that made sense. But like his nep two of his nephews have died in the last three to five years. Oh wow. So they, they were in their forties. Um so that family has and that family fractured. My my dad's mother, what my grandmother was the the glue. We got together twice a year because if we didn't, she would kill people. <laughs> um when she passed back in ninety-five, the family was never the same because then all of the all of the things you would repress just came to the surface and the family was fractured. So this is Mrs. Matthews has one. It's every August. We haven't been in a couple of years, but uh, no, that one. Well, I'm, but again, I'm really dense when it comes to these sorts of things. So people might be doing it, and I'm just like, oh, look at them hanging out by the shack. It's just That's amazing cool. to me how I think sneaky they think they're being. And it's just like, man, not at all. No, my family reunions were like, which person is going to have too much to drink and say or do something inappropriate this year? I've learned uh, in recent years that that is me. (laughs) I am both shocked and yet not at all surprised. (laughs) Um, uh, I gotta say, your wedding, your wedding, I probably drank f- too much, and I definitely said some things to some people that I probably should not have. I remember my wedding and your participation in my wedding wonderfully. So I could give a damn what you drank <laughs> and what you said. Okay, fair enough. So. Uh, oh man, 
that's the other thing is most of the people in our families have already gotten married. So now we're going to like kids birthday parties. That's the that's the new family reunion is, oh, this kid's turning two. Everyone should come over. Nobody invites me to kid functions and I don't know why. Like our our, our good friend, the tall fellow. He, I never get invited to any of those functions. Uh, to be fair, we haven't either. I don't know if – well, if we start talking about this, then we're getting really like – our families, I think, are, are fodder for topics. But if we talk about people that nobody has ever met. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. That family has gone through some serious changes the last few months. So, Well, that's interesting. The, the the wife's not working anymore. Oh, I knew that. I knew that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, whatever. Um, okay. So what else? So speaking of speaking of women, uh, let's actually talk wrestling on DDT podcast for just a few minutes before we get to the emails. Uh, Evolution. Evolution. Awesome show. I loved it. What did you think? Uh yeah, it was a good show. I was um. I was maybe a little dissatisfied, but but that's not necessarily the fault of the show um, per se. Like I was I was somewhat dissatisfied by uh, the role that Alexa Bliss ultimately had to play uh, in her yeah. match. I was well, which which was not her fault. It was just right, an unfortunate right um, occurrence. I did think you know, and along those lines, like you know, I like. To an extent, Alicia Fox, I do think she is relatively humorous. And I got to say, you know, she's been with the company for a long time, well over a decade at this point. She's paid her dues, if you will. Like, I I get that. Yes, of all the people who get to participate in that show, it makes sense to have her be able to participate. Yeah. But I really did feel like she was way out of place in that match. She was. To a she point was. that You're, I found her distracting. You've got Trish and Lita who already are Hall of Famers. You have Mickey James who is going to be a Hall of Famer. And then there's Alicia. Now, to me, as soon as Alicia Fox screamed at the referee that Cedric Alexander was being mean, she got a gold free card for the rest of her life. She can do whatever she wants. That is one of the funniest moments I can ever remember in wrestling. She's yeah. She was fine, but it was out of place. Yeah. And even and then, like I'm not even saying that- I'm not even saying she's a bad wrestling performer. I think she's perfectly serviceable in the ring. Um, yeah. But to just yeah, something because she was still playing that that tantrum throwing over the top yeah. crazy. It just it didn't it, for me. It didn't work in that match. No, and that and that was just uh, that was an unfortunate circumstance. Alexa and Mickey would have been much better. Um, I thought the match was good. A lot of people were like, "Wow, Trish and Lita haven't lost a step," and I was like, "Yes, they have. They have. Were they better than I expected them to be?" Yes. Yeah. Lita pulled off that moonsault like she's been doing it every day since she retired. I will so, say there was one part of the match. It was towards the end. I think Trish Stratus. That the running up the ropes bulldog she does was that stratisfaction stratisfaction yeah she did that to Mickey James and it just it even before she ran up the ropes it was clear that Mickey James in fact was doing one hundred percent 
oh, of the supporting of that. Vicky James literally lifted Trish Stratus yep. to appear as though she were running up the ropes. Yep. And it looked like Mickey James was in full control of that move. The same thing with the head scissors, whatever. It's the stratosphere yeah. or whatever. Uh, Trish went to do the handstand. Now, I can't do a handstand under ideal circumstances in, you know, at any point in my life. But Mickey had to – she was sitting on the turnbuckle. She had to essentially stand up and lean forward to catch her because she realized that the momentum was not going to take her all the way over. Right. Um, but But again – I my expectations were very low and they surpassed them, so I was happy. Yeah, I still Other think pe- it was a good match. I'm not. I'm, I'm nitpicking it, here. A few, a couple of moves. It, it was, was good it to was see a, them back in action. It was a great choice to start the show, and I want to give the fans credit. They were great all night long. Though to be fair, I chose not to watch Ronda versus Nikki. I knew how it was going to end. I didn't need to see it, so I skipped it. Because I needed a break after Charlotte versus Becky, which was on my short list of best women's matches I've ever seen. It was excellent all around. Although, again, if I'm going to nitpick about something, I just thought the end was a little abrupt. Um, I didn't really feel like the power bomb through the table was enough to keep Charlotte down at that particular point in the match. I, I, I don't if know. I, if I liked it. It did seem a little weird after the two or three other moves. Yeah. Like the burying under all the chairs and stuff. I'm like, if that didn't work. The way that she she reeled in pain, like she arched her back, like like full, like, I don't know. It just didn't seem as though she should have been immobilized and unable to answer a 10 count. I, I don't know. I just, I didn't like the end. But again, a minor complaint about what for all extents and purposes was a great match with great psychology, yeah. great storytelling and great wrestling. So I was very happy. Becky retained. I'm interested to see whatever happens next. I don't know what's going to happen while well, she's wrestling Ronda at survivor series, which should be fun. Yep. We are, we are heading towards night of champions mode. I believe it's also been announced that Rollins will take on Nakamura in a, Intercontinental champion versus U.S. champion match. That should be good. I like both. Well, I don't really like Shinsuke, but I like Rollins. Um, I kind of feel like, I don't know. Night of Champions works in theory. Let's have one night of the year where we're not necessarily. I think that's the thing, though. Do they build towards Night of Champions? Like, do these people end up interacting on weekly television at all? Um, Last year, they did a whole Raw Smackdown invasion thing Mm. where, like, a bunch of guys in blue shirts showed up on Raw. I kind of think I'd like it better if Night of Champions was just like this totally out of canon thing. They don't necessarily build to it. They don't necessarily have weekly storylines. It's just a thing that's going to happen so we can get dream matches that wouldn't happen otherwise quietly. I'm going to guess I'm going to guess that's going to happen this year because it's in what two weeks three weeks with the exception of announcing that these matches are taking place and a couple of little jabs on Twitter. There hasn't been anything right. So I'm going to guess that they're going to kind of downplay that and just just, you talk about how inappropriate it is to have gimmicked pay-per-views where you're forced to suddenly have a hell in a cell match regardless of whether or not the feud 
appropriately should have it. You know, that sort of thing. I sort of feel that way with Night of Champions, where it's like, okay, these guys are going to fight just because they have the belts. Like, that's fine, but I don't need storylines around that. You know what I mean? It's literally, that's the gimmick. So let's just be quiet, do it and move on. Unless you're going to have it mean something, that was the issue. Sure. Like last year, last year or two years ago, whatever year it was, Vince had basically said to Shane and Stephanie, you know, at some point, one of you is going to take over this company. Night of Champions might be a reason, one of the ways that I make that decision. But that's not going to happen. So the question just becomes, well, what are we doing here? And if there's not going to be a prize at the end, then yes, let's just have it be, you know what? The bar, the bar is going to take on whoever the Raw Tag Team Champions are going to be. And let's just leave it at that. Yeah. I mean, going back for a second here, back to Evolution Talk, Do you are you eager for the next all-women's pay-per-view? Like if they said that there's going to be another pay-per-view next month, all women, would you be just as excited knowing that it was going to be a regular thing? I don't think it needs to be monthly, but I do think it needs to happen more than once a year. The problem is going to be when we get to Survivor Series and there are two women's matches. Yeah, it's going to feel real strange, isn't it? So I don't need it to happen every month, but I would like – like takeover four times a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could even call it evolution and just it's four times. It's four times a year. The women have things, you know, you could bring back other people. You could talk about, you know, Victoria has yet to return. Maybe you work out something with Gail Kim at some point. Um, I don't think so. I, well, but uh, I, you know, evolution, I, I Brooklyn one evolution, Toronto evolution. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. I mean, it I, could work. You know, I don't know. It could work. Maybe you call it Evolve. Mm. Since now that promotion. I think that's a taken. I think that's a thing. Yeah, but that promotion's now part of WWE anyways. Their champion and their tag champions are NXT guys. Really? Uh, on the night of Evolution, Street Profits won the Evolve tag team titles. And Fabian Eichner, who's a guy from the Cruiserweight Classic, who's a NXT talent, won the Evolve heavyweight title. So everyone's talking about how that's now going to be like NXT, the NXT to NXT, like double A. In baseball, there's triple A, double A, different farm systems. And so this would be like the minor, minor leagues. Those guys then get to go to NXT, who then get to go to WWE. Okay. <laughs> so is there a single A? In baseball, yes. Is there... So, a lowercase a? Um, I guess that would be single A. There are single A long seasons and single A short seasons. So maybe. Is it like battery sizes? Is there like a C and a D size as well? No, just A's. Just A's. No nine volts? <laughs> no. Okay. Just checking. Um. I thought it was cool that the we're, we're now going to actually get some NXT for Horsewomen. I like Shayna Baszler a whole lot more than I did when she first started. Yeah. And the, the fact that, you know, her friends helped her regain the title. She's now the first two-time NXT champion. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was fine. I'm not necessarily excited to see more Shayna Baszler matches, but 
I do. I agree with you in that she's. I don't dislike her as much as I did when she started. She's definitely yeah. a, a now a competent in ring performer. Um, but yeah, I can't say I'm excited yeah. at the prospect. When we do our next list reconciliation, we will have to address Shayna Baszler. Uh, speaking of which, thanks for getting back to me when I sent you that Twitter message that was like, we should contemplate when to list again. Oh, I was contemplating. Okay. <laughs> Should have seen that answer coming. Yep. Um, Io Shirai or Io Shirai versus Tony Storm, what'd you think? Um, it was good. Again, I just the 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 outcome I think was predestined, preordained, whatever you want to call it. Um I don't know. It was a good match, though. I like I like Io 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 Shirai, I, I, the genius of the sky. I like her a whole lot. I think her her strong style moves I find to be much more impressive than say Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, I, I enjoy watching her more. Um, like that 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 double knee run that she does into the turnbuckle. I, they call it. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. It is. Yeah. So I don't know, Tony Storm. Whatever. I don't. I don't like the, her finisher. I don't like that um suplex that she the does. The tiger driver. The tiger driver. It always looks very weak for some reason. Well, the, I can't ever imagine her doing it to Tamina. Or Nia Jax. No, or... that's well, and, and somebody was saying to me on Twitter that that is actually not her finisher in the Indies was some neck breaker. This is, and even last year, if you go back and watch May Young Classic One, it was different. Yeah, this year it's now the Tiger Driver, which I find interesting because Tyler Bates' finisher is a Tiger Driver, and they were either dating or engaged until recently. Interesting. And I'm like, so are they married or did they break up? I believe they're no longer together. I see. So, uh, the rumor I saw was that Tegan Knox, um, who got injured, was supposed to win the whole thing. That seems likely to me. And this was a this was a last minute change because of the injury. So yeah. Either way, I thought it was good. You know, Tony Storm's going to be what Tony Storm's going to be. She's not my favorite, but I like her fine. Io Shirai is great. I'm, I hope to see more of her. So I'm I'm hoping personally, now that Shayna and Kyrie that that feud is still not over with, I'm hoping that Kyrie recruits her own four horsewomen of the Japanese talents. That would make me happy. Okay. That'd be all right. I liked I liked the Battle Royal. I thought that was well done on Evolution. Last thing I'll say about Evolution, I thought the Battle Royal was well put together. Yes. I was I mean, I won't say upset, but I wish the Iconics had gotten more uh, in ring yeah. time, but yeah. it is what it is, I suppose. Um, it, I understood as soon as they started talking, I was like, "You're the first out. Oh, you're yeah. going to pull a bush. You're going to pull a bushwhackers and you know set the record for shortest amount of time." I was actually but. scared for a minute at the beginning because all of like the returning women, all the legends, yep. Yep. basically were lined up 
eliminating the Iconics and all of the new people were on the opposite side of the ring. You were thinking that all of the legends were going to get eliminated at the same time. They, they, they were I the, the, the spacing. I thought the exact same thing. The spacing the between the shoulders thing. for all those people were I'm perfect like, for the clothesline. If seven line. of you get eliminated at once, this is ridiculous. Yes, I was really scared that it was going to go that way. And instead, they just turned around and clashed, and I thought that was fine. Uh, how about yeah. Alundra Blaze, huh? She that gave me goosebumps. I'm not gonna lie. Seeing her with the cape and the outfit, I haven't like that's the outfit. I she was the first women's wrestler I ever really saw, and so seeing that again, I that was a very cool moment. It was a cool moment. Yeah, I was glad to have her. And participate. I, like, I was I was really cheering for Zelina Vega. Like I'm like you know I like when the sneaky heels like hide on the outside and come in and win the battle. Royals. I was again a little disappointed. I think with the ending of the battle royal, I um. I'm not wild about Nia Jax winning, but if that's the way they want to go and tell me an actual Nia Jax Ronda Rousey story, that's fine. But the problem is they already did that. Which is why I'm holding out hope, and this is a pipe dream, but I'm holding out hope that she actually jumps to SmackDown and challenges Becky Lynch. Okay. Yeah. I'd like to see that. Be the first be the first person to like jump brands and sort of thing. That would be cool. All right. All right, let's get to our emails. We've we've had a lovely conversation, and people want to join in. Podcast at ddtwrestling.com. We've got, what, six today? A nice half dozen. A baker's uh, dozen! The first one comes from Chris Hawk. My apologies, Chris Hawk, for not getting your Twitter name right earlier. If the Manson family receives any packages from a Chris Hawk, please do not open them, as I have sent nothing. Sent from my iPhone. Well, all right. Then. Thank you Any for the packages? heads up. I would like Any to packages know. packages coming your way? What's that? Any packages from Chris Hawk and his $50,000 or whatever it is we were claiming he won? No, no, no. All right. None of that. The next one comes from Bosk. Hello, DC and Doc. Question first. Chip <laughs> saved the show by planning the murders? Thank you, Chip. I would have thought that if Chip murdered the girls, then it would have been Inspector Clouseau style. He would have ended up stumbling and bumbling through wacky deaths while saving the podcast and becoming the hero bestie. And hold on a second did, here. I actually just... had this exact same thought, and I, I had it, I was talking about it on Twitter earlier today. I swear to you, Bosk, I did not read this email first. This is the first no, I'm this, seeing this was it. Sent, this was sent yesterday at 220. It's amazing. But yeah, great minds. But that would have been that that would be great. That would be great if he just, you know, walking around in this poolside and accidentally knocks in the girl who can't swim or whatever. I it think is I and- think it would have had um there was there was good potential there for 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 an inspector Clouseau. Uh, 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 that might be his new last name. I know his name is Chip K. Fade, but Chip Clouseau has a nice ring to it. Hamburger. Have you seen the new uh, Steve Martin Pink Panther movies? I've seen pieces of it, but I have not. There's this one ridiculous scene in the first one where he's trying to pass as an American and and they're trying to train like he's being trained by this, you know, Secret Service to be to get rid of his French accent. And they're just trying to get him to say hamburger. And he just keeps saying hamburger. And he keeps just saying it more and more ridiculously French. And it's like the absolute worst, lowest common denominator comedy in the world that you can possibly think of. 
Which is why you love it. But it just, yes, it killed me. That one scene destroyed me, for sure. I had heard that they weren't very good, but I'm like, I like Steve Martin. I do, too. And I like when he, you know, takes his banjo away and actually does comedy, which he's amazing I think there was a second one, which I didn't see. I only saw the first one. And I will say it wasn't a great movie, but that one scene I'm going to have to see if those are on Netflix or something, because that's something I would just sit down and watch. All right. Also... Finally got around to Lucha Mexico. It is a really good documentary and worth the watch if you like Lucha Libre. Doc, what are your top three movie suggestions for the besties coming out of Shocktober? I'm glad he brought this. I like this email. He's, he's keeping us on track here. We didn't talk about Shocktober as a whole. You saw how many movies? Um, uh, 30... Two? So one more than the days. 33? Yeah, 33. 33 movies. All right. So Bosk wants to know. I want to know, too. You have to pick three movies to recommend for people to see. Hmm. What are you going with? He's consulting his list. I think he has his list on his phone, and he is actually consulting his list there, neighborhood. Yeah. Besties, he, 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 wants, he wants to be accurate for you. I do. I do want to be accurate. And so if you follow me on the Instagrams, uh, Doc Manson is my username. Feel free to follow me there if you do not. I, uh, I do post every single day during Shocktober uh, with the movie that I am watching. It has dual purposes. One, just to share, and two... Uh, to so I can actually see what it is that I watched and remember once we finally get to the end of the month. Um, let's see. I'm, I, let me let's make let's make a short list and maybe I'll have to chop it down to three. Um, the witch was excellent. Um, a cure for wellness was okay. I like the devil's candy a lot. Dude Bro Party Massacre 3 was also pretty good. The Old Dark House had a good nostalgia to it. And I really enjoyed the summer of 84. How many was that? Five? Yeah. All right. So I guess if I had to cut one for sure, I'd cut the cure for wellness. Leaving us with the witch. The devil's candy. Summer of 84. And I guess I would probably also cut Dude Bro Party Massacre the third uh, because that movie was really stupid. I think just based on that name, it needs to stay in. Well, it was it's sort of like a um, Super Trooper style movie. It's like this amateur comedy group. They got together and decided to make a spoof of horror movies. And it's really poorly done. And it's like it's it looks like it was shot on a VHS camcorder. It's supposed to look that way. It's got like fake commercials in it like it was recorded off of television in the 80s. Um, It's really bad. But also, if you're if you're a big fan of slashers and things like that, it's it's stupid and spoofy and fun in a way that you would probably like if you like horror comedies, but to a, to a casual person, I I don't necessarily think there's a lot to a lot of happiness to extract from it. Um, so maybe that would go. Yeah. So I guess summer of 84 was very good. The witch was excellent. And what was the other one? Oh, the old dark house, 1932, 
excellent black and white film, a little bit nostalgic. If you're a big fan of the old universal horror movies, this is one that maybe you haven't seen and it's pretty good. If you like stuff from the era, um, but yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, there we go. But you enjoyed it. Of course being a horror movie fan as you are. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I watched, I watched a lot of stuff this month. I saw the new Halloween movie, uh, H 40, as they're calling it 40th anniversary. Um, I don't, I don't think I'm as crazy about it as most of the internet seems to be. I think there was a lot of real gaping stupidity throughout the film. And I think some of the characters were really sorely, uh, I won't say underdeveloped, but were badly developed. So uh, there's definitely something, that movie is not as good as everybody wants you to believe it is, but it does sure. hit all the nostalgia notes. It it, mm-hmm. it definitely, if you're looking for for a slasher that feels like one of those old movies, and you know, it's probably, I won't say it's the best of the Halloween sequels because I I am actually partial to the original Halloween two, um, but it's high up there. It, it is still a pretty good film. Michael Myers, they made him very like the violence is is hyped up here for a modern audience, which is surprising in some ways, given how, you know, how tame the very first film is. It's practically a bloodless film. So to see them go the opposite extreme here, a little strange, but again, I think appropriate for a modern audience. Um, There is a lot to like there. So I certainly won't begrudge anybody who, who wants to sing its praises. Anyways, well, well, very, very good. All right, let's go back for Steven. I'm still not done yet. Finally, with separate brands, I would like to see some talent jump ship or switch brands during Survivor Series or the winning brand gets an extra draft pick or NXT call up. Uh, I believe you mean uh, super. They get an extra superstar shake up because we do not draft Uh, better yet. Have a team from NXT compete for a spot on the main roster. This is, you know, Bosk is pretty prescient with this because, you know, referencing the same kind of Clouseau things, talking to making sure that we stay on track for Shocktober. And I mentioned Nia Jax jumping to SmackDown. Uh, I love the so. idea of the Dusty Tag Team Classic in NXT being for a spot on the main roster. I think that could be some really good storytelling. I like that idea a lot. Yeah. Because the Dusty Classic is currently for absolutely nothing. Yeah. I, I actually think that's a great idea. And with the socks of red on the ship of champions in the game of balls and bases, I can get back to Dance Dance Revolution to find my groove. Best to you and yours, Bosk, sent for my iPhone. Well, yes, indeed. The Red Sox are the world champions. Yeah. The world champions, a stickball. Nobody cares. Well, the world champions of a game that only Americans play, but regardless. All right. Chris Hawk emails again titled DC's Fortnite Addiction. Uh, he just basically uh, took some screenshots of GameQuitters.com. Hold on. Oh, 51% battery. You should turn your Bluetooth off there, Chris Hawk. It'll uh, help you in the long run. Warning signs of Fortnite addiction. I'm not going to read this whole thing, but I, I have been playing the Fortnite doc. I decided to, you know, I've watched enough videos of it. I figured, hey, it's free to play. Maybe I'll just check it out. I can play it on the PS4 so I don't have to worry about whether or not my uh, computer can handle it. So I downloaded it and uh, 
it's not bad. I actually, uh, I kind of dig it oh, a little bit. The 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 biggest game in the world with the most players, the, the most profitable gaming uh, game in the entire world, DC Matthews with his hot take. Uh, it's not bad. Okay. Thanks, DC. Thank you for weighing in. Uh, the rest of the world was waiting with bated breath while you clearly they were, uh, you know, decided to, uh, to, to weigh in. Clearly they were. So I, I, I can't aim to save my life. I like running around. I like collecting guns. I like deciding which gun to keep and which one to get rid of. Um, I enjoy that I can eat mushrooms and get shield. I think that's interesting. I enjoy thanking the bus driver. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot I enjoy about that game. The uh, the actual combat uh, less exciting for me because I die almost every time. Have you won a game yet? No. Then you've died every time. True. True. I've I've died. I've probably played. See, what I like about it is the rounds are quick when you die early, so I can play like maybe four games. And then after that, I don't want to play it anymore. So I play for like less than half an hour at a clip. Um, but I think I've played probably maybe 15 rounds and I believe I have killed three people. That's fine. You're just getting started, DC. Yeah, everybody's got to start That's somewhere. True. Now, here's a question. That's true. I gotta That's ask very you, positive. Now that you're playing yeah. Fortnite, have you somehow just learned to floss like magically? Can you can you floss now? The problem was I could floss beforehand because every child in every school in the country knows how to floss and does it. Like I have kids who will randomly stand up in the middle of working and just (laughs) they'll just start going at it. And I'm like, what are you doing? So I love that idea. You need to just start flossing in front of your students and see what happens. So, so yes, yeah. so um, yeah, Chris Hawk sent some ideas about gaming disorder. Let's see, impaired control over gaming. No, increasing priority given to gaming over the extent that gaming takes precedent over life, other life interests, or daily activities. I did um, the other day. I did come home and go. I should cook dinner, and then I sat down and played Fortnite. And- In fairness, don't you think any hobby could be could be described as an activity which has increased priority such that it takes precedence over other life interests. Isn't that the very definition of a hobby? Yes. We have a podcast disorder because every Thursday for about the last three years or so, we sit down and record. We need help DC. We do need help. We had, we had help and then chip killed. Man, we had plans. We were going to retire, take a Mars yacht. So, Chris Hawk, thank you for your concern. I don't believe I am addicted, um, but I'll keep you posted. Our next email comes from Danielle titled Holiday Season. Hello. Sending this email later tonight than I originally hoped to, but I hope you guys enjoyed Halloween. Pre-K children hyped on candy was an interesting experience. Dance break to help to get them focused on Legos or coloring again. I'd like to point out that is the that is the the quintessential pre-K comment. You need to take a dance break because you've lost your focus on building with Lego. 
So, when is it too early to hang up holiday slash Christmas decorations? Should December decorations wait till after Thanksgiving? Yes. Um, yes. Also, I I personally believe all of it should. The fact that I've heard Christmas music already makes me want to stab things. Yeah. No, I honestly think that um, if if there were a law that said the Christmas radio stations couldn't pop back into existence until the morning of Thanksgiving. So like as you're driving to wherever it is you're going, like at that point, I feel like, okay, maybe that's fair game, but not a moment before then. And, And that's not my personal preference. I'd, I'd vote for December 15th. Like you've got 10 days, maybe 12, December 13th. You have your 12 days of Christmas. And then on the morning of December 26th, shut up. I think Christmas music. I think I think it's fair play through the new year. I think so. I think I think it's fair play. Put the tree away. Put the decorations away. But I, I, I often think that I am, I am quite the Scrooge when it comes to that. The holidays don't, don't do anything for me. Also, when will you guys like when, when, when will you, when would you guys like reconciliation, reconciliation emails for the next round? Listen to episodes twenty four and twenty five during my commute today, and I might make a request for someone I usually wouldn't request to be placed higher. Um. Probably thirty, right? We 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 will record the episode after the thirtieth list, um, but you can send them wherever. There is a folder in our uh, email for reconciliation. So if you send me a reconciliation email, it goes into the folder until it's time for us to consider it. Perfect. Final request for this email: Please list three character names. I don't care about genders that I can use for writing a novel this month. November is National Novel Writing Month, and I have not planned out anything for this year's novel. This will be my fourth time participating, but my third novel start. The other two are paused for the moment because I need to do more scientific research for that world setup. So if you guys can come up with three character names, then I'll use them in the book, and you will get credit for it. Cheers, Danielle. Weren't you writing a book? When? During the, that brief period when you weren't working. Weren't you writing a book? Uh, I was outlining a book, yes. Are you still working I on it? I am not. Um, I never got past the outlining phase. I, 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 think, I, think it, I do think it's a good idea, and I think I could get back to it. Maybe, maybe this November is the time to do it, except it's November 1st, and I spent all night podcasting, so I've already missed one day. <laughs> Might as well skip the next 30. Um, but, uh, you know... I think also something about that idea was prescient uh, to to a time probably more like five years ago that I'm not so sure we continue to play well into the future. So it's made me less less high on the idea, I would say. OK, um, the question I have, Danielle, is well, what kind of book? Because the character name I'll give you for a sci fi novel or a fantasy novel is different than the character I'll give you for a crime drama or a romance book. So I'd like to know the genre of which, but um, I don't do think you need full names. I think so. Okay. 
Go f- you go first. Diego Vaquez. Vasquez or Vaquez? Vaquez. Diego Vaquez. All right. Uh, let's see. I will go with Rufus Martin. That's his middle name. Rufus Martin Williamson. Okay. I like it. Uh, and then I will. Then we have to do this last one together. We have to do this last one together. You've given one. I've given one. Now we have to. Now we have to either each take surname, proper name, or whatever the difference is. You ever play that uh, improv game where you have to say the exact same thing as the other person <laughs> at the exact same time? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Let me lean forward in my seat a little All bit. All right. <laughs> Licked your lips. <laughs> okay. What did you say? I was going with Lily. All right. I think we've already failed the game. (laughs) We should have picked a gender to start. That would have helped. Uh, I don't pick genders. Genders, uh, uh, these could be any gender. Lily could be well, a man. Let's, let's, let's go with a let's go with a um, a gender neutral name like Jesse. Let's go with Jesse. I like Lily. Okay, Lily. <laughs> Do I get to pick the rest? As far of as I'm <laughs> concerned, Diego can be a female. So can Rufus. That's what I'm saying. Gender is completely non-binary. I don't see why why you have to assign a gender to a name. I'd like I'd like to submit that the last name for Lily is Heenan, since it is Bobby Heenan's birthday. I was going to go with Thompson, but I concede. Lily Heenan. All right. So Diego Vaquez, Rufus Martin Williamson, and Lily Heenan. There you go, Danielle. Thank you. Uh, we want residuals when you win the bestseller. Uh, Glenn <laughs> has first. some dilemmas for us. Hi, guys. Hope you had an enjoyable Halloween with not too many tricks. Anywho, my question this week is, have either of you been asked by an employer to do something you thought was ethically wrong? And did you stick by your principles or do as you were asked? Thanks, Glenn. Hmm. That is quite the quandary, isn't it? I'm going to need to ponder that for a minute. I haven't worked many places. Yeah, I haven't either. Um, I'm going to say my current employer does not. Um, never asked me to do anything even remotely ethically wrong. Um, but going back to like my first job working in a mom and pop restaurant, I'm trying to think if anything there was ever like, you know, like, Ah, this tuna smells bad, but well, we're gonna serve it anyways. But honestly, I don't, I don't think anything like that ever happened. I'm trying to like rack my brain, but I, I worked at a Taco Bell, so I'm gonna say yes, because I was told to recommend products that are sold at a Taco Bell. <laughs> now I will, which have is you probably know. ethically wrong. <laughs> but Taco Bell is one of the healthiest fast food options available. And is delicious. I will still eat a Taco Bell. I don't know. When you take a bag, literally a bag of beef, 
and just throw it into a pot of boiling water, like a thing of boiling water. I don't know. Makes you not want a taco. <laughs> I don't see how that's any different than any other sort of stew. It just came in a bag. Like <laughs> I expected <laughs> I expected it to be You expected you them know, to ride least. the horses to the back and you were gonna slaughter them yourself? I mean Horse tacos? <laughs> no, I said th- Cows? Cows can't you ri- cows are beef. Can't you ride a cow? You can, but you said ride a horse. <laughs> Yes. I need a horse. Who am I kidding? <laughs> All right. Uh, no, I'm going to say no. You know, there are certain times as a, as a teacher, you do things that, you know, whether or not I believe in standardized testing is a question, uh, but I don't think it's a question of ethics. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say yes. There are plenty of things I do as part of my job that I don't necessarily personally agree with, but yeah. part of my yeah. job is enforcing the policies as they've been set. That's it. Yeah. It doesn't agree with my core philosophy of education, but I'm not willing to risk my job on that. But hypothetically, if you were asked to do something that you consider in your own personal morality to be ethically wrong, would you take a stand? It depends on what that is. Have you ever had to deal with athletes? Yes. Have you ever had pressure from a coach or... Uh, university personnel to pass that athlete despite not deserving to pass. No, that has never occurred. Okay. If it did, you're saying? Yeah. But, you know, there, again, there's different yeah. levels of morality. Like, like, you know, if, if your boss said, look, take this hatchet and cut open this person's head, you're not going to do no, that. Of course. But, and, but yeah, honestly, passing a student, I, I personally, uh, in my job, I don't really actually have much control over grades, but let's just say I was hypothetically in a position where I even had control over somebody's grade. Would I do it? Um, no, I, I don't think I would. I, I do think that the grades that students earn um, mean something. When somebody gets mm-hmm. a diploma from an institution, it says that they performed at a level deserving of that piece of paper being bestowed upon them. And if I even just at a single introductory level class or any class for that matter said that I was going to make it so that that person's piece of paper no longer means the same thing as what it's always meant. If I'm going to say that for that piece of for that person, they passed this class despite the fact that they didn't actually do the work, get the answers, earn that grade. Not only am I devaluing the piece of paper that is given to that person, but I am devaluing the piece of paper given to every student from that institution ever. Um, and I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's something I personally could do. Hmm. Okay. Doesn't really work on the same level for me. Yeah. Here, this seven-year-old shouldn't pass, but we're asking you to promote him to third grade anyways. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Third grade teacher is gonna yell at me, but it's okay. <laughs> All right. 
All right. Our final email of the evening. I like that, Glenn. Deep, deep thoughts. That's right. Deep thoughts here on uh, DDT Podcast. Our last email comes from Jeremy raising an important issue. It seems to me that the main tenant of Trump is... <laughs> Would you like me to read this one? Go for it. Okay. He, I, I talked to him about this during the day today because I did read this email ahead of time. It seems to me that the main tenet of Trumpism is to maintain white economic and cultural superiority while using less informed followers to solidify power with an affluent few, while strong-arming a cheap labor force to blindly spout party rhetoric at the expense of the Constitution and common sense. With that said, my comment slash question is this. I believe that the WWE should abandon the Raw Smackdown brand split. I would be interested in hearing an impromptu debate between you two on this topic. Would one of you please take the position that it's time for the brand split to end and the other to take the position that it should be continued indefinitely sent from my desktop computer? So I don't believe we need to. In fact, I was told pretty much outright we could ignore the Trumpism. It was just a little bit of. Jeremy being Jeremy and wanting to provide topics that weren't always wrestling based, I believe, was his intent. So you're saying um, we can safely ignore Trumpism? I think so. I think that's a mistake. I meant Moving for the purpose on. of this pod. <laughs> I meant for the purpose of this podcast. But if you'd like to talk about that. Uh, would you like to take the position that it's time for the brand split to end? Or would you like to argue it should be continued? indefinitely i will i will argue this should be continued because when push comes to shove that is probably what i believe okay then i will argue that it's time for the brand split to end regardless of what my personal beliefs are what do you believe i don't care (laughs) i'm not gonna watch anyways do as many brands as you pretty much You're only giving me one pay-per-view a month. Whoever I see, so, okay. I see. Um, how does the debate work? What are the official like opening statements? I don't think we, I, I don't think we need to I, do that. I, I do think we need to do this. <laughs> then it is an opening statement as a as a member of the debate team. In I high knew school. you were. For for one debate that I totally just mailed in and made up statistics. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, don't don't worry um, about it. That's something that like thirty percent of all high school debate students do. So, sure, ninety seven percent of statistics are all made up. What's this? Um, there, I believe there is an opening statement. Then there is a chance for comments. There is a rebuttal, and then there is a conclusion. A, re- a rebuttal to what? The opening statement. So we have we both make an opening statement. I make my case. You are allowed to rebut. You make your case. I am allowed to rebut. And then there is a wrap up. I see. Uh, would you like to begin? Uh, sure. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, first of all, I want to thank you for uh, allowing me the chance to speak to you today. Um, we can safely say that the 2018 WWE roster is perhaps the deepest and broadest when it comes to pure talent that there has ever been in professional wrestling. And I submit to you, my friends, that that is only because there are two brands. Were we to end the brand split, we would immediately lose both depth and breadth 
in world wrestling entertainment. Your opening statement, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, I do not thank you for coming out to see us today. (laughs) Frankly, I think there's a lot more that you could be doing with your time in this world. But since you're here anyways, I believe that the brand split should come to an end. As my opponent here today has already stated, the talent depth and breadth is the greatest that it has ever been in the history of the WWE. However, uh, the creative standpoint of the company has remained remarkably shallow and 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 what is the opposite of breath narrow in, in, in it in its inability to actually provide to provide uh, storylines and character development at purpose for these very talented performers and 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 lacking a, a solid creative direction I fear that world wrestling entertainment is incapable of providing the very entertainment that they wish to give. I'd like to begin by just listing a series of names. Daniel Bryan, Andrade Almas, Antonio Cesaro, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Becky Lynch, and my opponent's favorite, Asuka. These are all talents who have in their own way had the chance to uh, survive and dare I say thrive in world wrestling entertainment. And that is solely because there have been two brands. I'm not going to solely focus on the guys like Bo Dallas, because I know that is a personal bias of mine. Many people would be perfectly happy for them to go to one brand and get rid of Bo Dallas and we never hear from him again. Uh, But that would be what happens with a lot of your favorites listeners. If they go down to one show, they are only going to be able to focus on those stories. And while I do admit that there is work to be done on the creative end. I don't believe that narrowing the focus is going to necessarily do that. I think it's just going to be a narrower pool of inferior stories. We can debate the solution to the creative on another week's episode. But I fear that without with, with moving to one show we are going to get some seriously talented wrestlers and have no need for them in world wrestling entertainment and that would be a crying shame your rebuttal sir i i acknowledge i acknowledge that there are Many talented performers in the WWE, many of whom have gotten their time in the spotlight. And admittedly, you cannot always remain in the spotlight. You do have to move on and and spread the focus around to other equally capable performers. However, with the breadth of incredible talent currently at the fingertips of the WWE, the sheer number of individuals who are essentially just 
relegated to the sidelines, sitting on the bench, unable to practice their craft, is an outright crime. I think by moving to that single show, you would free these people up to then go on to actually spread their wings and to perform elsewhere and reach their true potentials. The Ty Dillinger's of the world, the Tyler Breezes of the world, the Cody Rhodeses of the world. Where would they all be if they stayed indefinitely with the WWE? I ask you to consider today, you terrible people. Should I respond to your rebuttal or would you like to move on to your... Or is that your thing and now I can rebut that? Let's just stop with all the rebutting and say that this is over. Okay. All I'm going to say is that I I read a study that showed <laughs> that Cody Rhodes was 64.2% happier in WWE as Stardust. And that's a fact. I don't think that's even remotely true. <laughs> you can look it up. <laughs> In my mind. All right. Um, you're absolutely right, though, to be honest. Because uh, as I was pondering it, I'm like, they could go elsewhere. That could light some competitive fires under WWE that needs to get their act together. So maybe maybe moving to one brand and Honestly, and I just, it does pool. feel like we have so many talented performers in the company. And I don't feel like they have equally expanded the amount of talent in the creative department. Like I I just, I I do feel like that narrowing the scope while yes, you would have to get rid of performers. I just Mm. think that would be more attainable given what they seem to be committed to in terms of creative resources. Yeah. No, they have decided to give you nine 99 a month worth of creative effort. Pretty much. What is the minimum amount of work we need to do to keep you subscribing? Okay. Fair. I win. Um, let's let's vastly transition. Give me your piece of positivity heading into the week. Um you know, it's Thursday, which means it's almost Friday, which means it's almost the weekend. It's true. I am so happy. I can't. I have so Although Honestly, I've got so much freaking work to do at work tomorrow. I don't know how the hell I'm going to get it all done. Uh, but I just I just want this week to be over. And I want to I want to have myself a nice, relaxing weekend um, and not watch Crown Jewel. Yeah. Now that AJ and Daniel Bryan aren't wrestling. I'm probably just going to skip the whole thing. I like New Day and I like The Bar, but I've watched them wrestle before. I've watched Braun and Brock wrestle before. I've watched AJ and Joe wrestle before. My pace of positivity is going to come up on Tuesday. Okay. Because uh, it's a pretty cool thing that we as Americans – uh, and I'll speak similarly to our friends across the pond and our, our DDT UK contingent uh, that we get the chance to go to a polling place and make our voices heard. And whatever you feel about the upcoming election and the midterms here in the United States, uh, I'm excited to go vote. 
Uh, I'm hoping it goes a certain way, but I, I'm excited that this is something that we all get to do. So maybe next week I'll feel differently depending on how the results turned out. But uh, I've already got my alarm on my phone set. Not that I need it considering how early I wake up just on my own. But I want to make sure that I am there at 6 a.m. standing in line, ready to cast my vote. Cool. So I encourage anyone listening to this show, uh, get out there and rock the vote wherever you live, wherever, whenever the next vote is. Make it happen, Captain. That's that's going to be my piece of positivity. I'm, I'm I'm taking Jeremy's Trumpism idea and it's spinning and it's on its ear. If we want it, if we want to not ignore Trumpism, we need to get out and vote. All right. I, I either went no. He's trying to make his eyes. <laughs> he's falling asleep. <laughs> I was just trying to pretend that I was French Stewart for a little while. <laughs> a plus for the French Stewart reference. Oh my! <laughs> I feel like if you ask me what celebrity I sort you of look like, French Stewart? I think if I were to just squint all the time, I could pull off. A I don't French know Stewart. Joshua Molina, the guy from Scandal in the West Wing. You kind of have that look. <laughs> I That's don't okay. know who that is. Who do I look like? I look like the guy from Office Space. I look the like thing. <laughs> Thank you. I look like the guy from Office Space. <laughs> from Fantastic I Four. What you meant. I look like the guy from Office Space who thinks you have his stapler. the 90 minute mark i don't remember the last time this has happened uh yeah anything else you'd like to say doc manson before we head out into that good night if you'd like to have your thoughts read on the air you can do so by sending an email to podcast at ddtwrestling.com if you'd like to listen to the rest of our 150 episodes as well as to our show the list you can do so by going to your podcast portal of choice, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify, or by going to ddtpod.com. Finally, if you like what you've heard, and how could you, head on over to patreon.com forward slash wrestling to send some shekels towards keeping DC in dolphin hats. For a whole another year. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. Plus, it gets you full-size candy bars to give to the children. Oh, yeah. And popcorn balls. That I give away, but you know. And those popcorn balls. Mm. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. And until we meet again, my friends, won't you be our bestie? Happy Halloween. <laughs>